the cool thing is when we came up here, we're, we're, I wouldn't say the first 24 hour store, but, um, in, in Lone Grove where, uh, Medicans already right now, it's the, what is it? 20, 27 mile radius is the next store that'd be open. So we have, um, you know, 24 hour operations there. Yeah. That's one of the first things we, we uh, decided to do when we took over the stores. We're going to make it 24 hours. Ain't nobody around here. Well, and, and nobody had it. And we have people that, uh, work at the, um, Michelin or Valero that, that are just, you know, they get off on all hours of the night, you know, so yeah. make the plant available and, and it's and, been available. And, and you know, we work, we work some weekends there. We're like, there ourselves and people come in like on a Sunday. Like, oh, hey, Sunday. I'm they so can... glad you're open. Dude, because you know, no <laughs> Before one else is church or after like, church. Yeah, <laughs> crazy and blaze it. I mean, come on in. We're here for you. <laughs> there you go. Like the old saying, the early bird catches the worm. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who's open gets the sale. <laughs> Welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Estella and Charles Castro, the owners of both Austinite Cannabis Company in Austin, Texas, as well as a fully medical dispensary in Oklahoma called Medican OK. We talk about how they decided to start their company in Austin with CBD and other legal cannabinoids within the state in hopes the state would go full legalization by now. When they had an opportunity to expand into Oklahoma and really start to be able to help more and more people, they jumped on it. We also talk about the whole legalization question and many, many other things. Let's meet Estella and Charles and hear their story. Stella and Charles, and thank you for joining me here on Grant's Place. Hey, Good thank you for inviting here. us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please introduce yourselves and 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 tell us a little bit about your company in Austin. Okay, I'm Estella Castro, and um, we own Austinite Cannabis Company, and also uh, Medican Lone Grove here in uh, Oklahoma. Um, and a little bit about us is that we started Austinite in 2020, um, and we did well. We do uh, CBD and Delta Eight and all that, and then um, 
uh, as we were talking earlier, I, I stayed close with the legislation and stuff like that. And I kind of followed it real well. Um, I was one of those uh, believers that thought that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had to actually take, people don't know this, I had to take like um, two weeks off. I mean, it was like one of those things that, you know, it really, it, I was like standing around. I was like, did everybody know that this was going to happen? And they were like, oh, you actually thought something was going to happen? And I was like, yes. I mean, I was at the Capitol. I mean, you know, just, you know, it was. So anyhow, we uh, we ended up coming out here to Oklahoma. And um, we keep, we still have Austinite cannabis. Um, but yeah. then we uh, opened up Medican. And we uh, now have a medical dispensary. And opening up our second one here uh, right, you know, on the border. We're like 25 minutes away from uh, Thackerville and okay. an hour and 10 from Ditton. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah. well, let me introduce it. Well, go ahead. Well, go ahead. <laughs> well, my name is Charles Castro. Um, I'm the other part of Austin Cannabis, uh, my wife, Field and so we're also crossed over to the medical marijuana part of it since Texas didn't want to participate with us. And we're itching to be part of the, the cannabis industry. We crossed over. Now we're doing both sides, hemp and cannabis and medical cannabis. Okay. So you said you started out with, with the, the CBD and hemp products just in, in Austin. Uh, yeah. How how did that, I mean, was that a successful business? Obviously it's successful. You're still doing it, right? Yes. Um, it's definitely, it's, um, we're right there on Caesar. Mm-hmm. We do, we do well. I feel like it's definitely uh, opening in 2020 during COVID was very yeah. interesting. She was coming, you know, of course, 2020, a lot of people were locked indoors. My wife, uh, she has a lung disease issue that she's had. And um, going through COVID, you know, I work construction, so we were called necessity. We had to get out to work. So I had to be very careful. Went to work, came home. She was going crazy. The kids were going crazy. You know, everyone's stuck in the house. And um, yeah. so we're trying to be careful. So she had a, she had some time to, you know, occupy. She's like, hey, I'm gonna start looking at stuff up. She was watching the news all the time, and she saw that the hemp was becoming legal in Texas, and she started, you know, following what's going on with it. She would she would give me feedback at work all the time. She was really excited about it. She was like, man, you need to look at this, check out this. And of course, I'm doing construction. I'm working like you said, busy as hell. I got trust calling people. Hey, I need material. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm like, okay, it never stops. <laughs> So she started going, making some field trips out and going to see farms. And she was sending me pictures of these farms. Like, look at all this hemp out here. Look at this. You can't tell the difference when you're looking <laughs> at it. So no, no, you can't. So she convinced yeah. me. Well, she convinced, you know, it was hard to convince me, but she convinced me, hey, this weekend when you're off on a Friday or a Saturday, let's drive out there. Let's go look at this farm and right here in Texas and where we're at, down the road. So we go look at it. Of course, you know, I'd walk out in that field and I see this fields of hemp and I started looking over my shoulder like, damn, am I doing something wrong? I don't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that from there on, she brought us to where we're at now. You know, she's she's really been the brains behind all this, kind of putting the pieces together, you know, figuring it all out, especially in the political part of everything. So I got to ask you, um, you've got like a brick and mortar, right? Yes. Okay, so in Austin. In Austin. Uh-huh. So. Uh, were you doing any of your own farming or just 
had the brick and mortar where you were selling hemp products right. that were produced here in Texas and, and elsewhere, I imagine, right? Yes, I did a bunch of stuff that we produced in Texas. And then in, in the very beginning, I was like, okay, I'm only going to do Texas products, okay? Sure. Texas products. I wanted to be, you know, um, but then more and more I started diving into research and things that were already out there. And then I was like, wait a second, we just started. Let me, you know, let me take, you know, let me go to Colorado to other states that have been doing this for a while. So we definitely have a really cool variety or just a very good variety of pretty much everything that's um, that I, we've, you know, done some research on um, different CBD brands and stuff like that. So sure. a lot of different variety. I think she started a, because her, her whole goal with um, having the hemp company is like, you know, I told you she had a lung disease, so she wanted to kind of help with stuff. She would dabble in TAC products, and that would keep her from doing the prescribed from the doctors. Like, hey, I don't want to take the prescription medicine when I can take the plant. I don't want to get hooked on something that's there I, and do I have to say, uh, not to interrupt you or anything, but uh, talking about lung disease, I, I mean, I was a cigarette smoker. And, and cigar smoker for uh, 35 plus years. And at, at one point, uh, like it, to back up, back when my son was asking me about cannabis and epilepsy, and I said, I look, I don't know, you know, I smoked that stuff for 26 years, <clears throat> excuse me, every day, but I don't have a clue. Uh, at that point in time, I mean, I was still smoking tobacco, but I wasn't currently using marijuana. Or cannabis and and I didn't for like four or five years until after he passed I started doing some research and I started realizing that that could help me right because with my chronic bronchitis and COPD and and blah 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 and I am here to tell you that I have I'm January 5th of next year will be three full years that I am 100% tobacco free the only oh, thing I have smoked is cannabis. And I had a lung scan uh, because, of course, my doctor is paranoid that I'm going to have lung cancer because I did smoke for so long. And I, I had a lung scan, uh, new this new low-radiation low lung scan, CT scan, that supposedly is capable of early detection of lung cancer. And uh, so I said, sure, insurance will pay for it. I'll do it. And uh, when I got the report, I'm reading it. And I'm reading that there's there's no signs of cancer, no polyps, no this, no that, and blah, blah, blah. And I get down to the bottom of the report, and the, the radiologist writes in his report, no signs of COPD. That's awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> the only thing I still have today... Uh, and I, I don't think there's anything there. There are some trials out there, some new procedures that I'm interested in, but they're going to have to be proven before I, I sign up uh, where they go in and do a procedure to like revive the, the cilia in your bronchial tubes, because that's the only thing that cannabis hasn't fixed. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's that to me, that's pretty amazing. Even my doctor was like, what, what have you done? 
that's the best. Smoke weed every day. I I have this. <laughs> is it I? So he was telling you a little bit. So a little bit about my lung disease. So 2015, I, I have a really bad lung disease, um, an autoimmune disorder, basically attacked my lungs. Um, so I mean, it was I was smoking all the time, and it just went to, you know, not smoking and. But so using cannabis has just been able to help me tremendously where my doctors, even just a week or two ago, it's so amazing. Uh, my lung doctor was like, well, you know, the, um, the, the marker on the, you know, all your inflammation is just, you know, down, but, you know, I'm like, wow, it is. And, you know, me and her have gotten really good friends and I'm like, you know, can you tell me what would have helped, what would have done that? And she was like, no, no. She's like, but whatever you're doing, just keep doing it, you know? <laughs> so it's it's funny because yeah. you can't make any, you know, any claims or anything like that. But I'm like, how else do you explain high dosages of, I, I do RSO. And so uh, RSO and CBD, I mean, max dosages i mean huge i mean I yeah he can't, can't even he can't even yeah. but I've, it's medicine I've, I've recently dabbled with a little bit but i'll get into that in a minute you keep, keep i didn't mean to interrupt keep going so rso and what else rso and high dosage of cbd okay and um uh, you know even i was just uh talking to a a bud tender of ours and um she was telling me you know i do rso capsules um, and I'm like, wow, you know, you do them every day and she makes them and all this. And I was like, well, why do you do them? She's like, well, I smoke cigarettes for 20 years. I'm hoping that these capsules help me if there's anything else. And Hey, I mean, she's doing just, just great. So yeah, RSO is, you know, it's gotten me by, I mean, narcotics i mean it's rso or narcotics rso anytime so, so that's where we that's where i started off we were talking about uh, products we carry in our stores that like we started off with texas we were like hey, everything texas everything support our state as we started doing more research about the medical part of it what who does what whether where that's where she started being more picky okay i don't want to have to go out of state but if this state is doing this good in this product i'm bringing mm -hmm. it to my store because i want to give medicine or i want to help people yeah. in my store so so yeah. <laughs> yeah, had to be a little bit more selective. And I always I always gave everybody I'm like, you know, I'll give a circle back around. You know, uh, you know, your products, I'll give them back a circle and and check it, you know. And it's just that we were just starting off, you know. Um, sure. And we didn't know the products yet. We, we just didn't know, you know. We just know we wanted to support Texas and we're Texas is on board and it's, you know, but as we got familiarized, we picked and choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. So you have just the one location in Austin? Yep. We're trying to get a second location opened up between Buda and Kyle. So um, our oldest is finishing up horticultural at Texas State, and she's going to be our grower. And okay. uh, her boyfriend's been with us um, since day one with Austinite. So, I mean, it's a family-owned company. And then I got my son. Uh, Who graduated 2020, so yeah. He Kind of graduated 2020 we started the business 2020 he was like hey i just bought off college go help you out he's not really one for school he doesn't care so much about school uh he's just you know, happy um, he kind of wants to make mm -hmm. this go 
I'll be the first one to say it's school ain't and all that, folks. It's not the, uh, you know, I, I, being in construction, we we build and remodel a lot of schools. And I've said this for years, and I've said it's been a mistake for years because you you know this because you are close enough to the construction industry with, with having a trucking company and hauling dirt and rock and all that. Uh, I mean, that's the construction industry. Uh, and you can't get a white boy to do that shit anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and literally, you can't. And I blame it on the fact that we brainwashed our children today to believe that you go to college, you're going to get a six-figure income in an air-conditioned office and not have to sweat or break your back. And I'm sorry, there are only so many of those jobs out there, folks. I mean, let's be real. Or, or also, I think this is that, you know, some of us come from a harder life. Sure. And then, and then you do well for yourself and you start having your children and then they want to just give their children everything instead of making them earn it. Then they feel like, hey, everything's entitled to me. I'm, you know, and there's I, that, that too. too. You know, the struggles that I went through, probably the struggles that you went through, your, our children didn't see those. Struggles. I know mine didn't, you know, so it's like we want better for them, but we don't want to just give them everything because we don't want them to mm -hmm. take And I feel like we've given them a very good glimpse of the struggles and hard because we're just imagine what we're doing. We're in Austin, but operations like our big flagship is here in Oklahoma, right? So, I mean, we're pumping out, we're doing all sorts of stuff in Oklahoma. So it's like, all right, kids, like, all right, we're four and a half hours separate. So it's like, how can we all make each other available? And it's just like things happen at Austin. Night. Ships still have to be covered. So it's like, you're 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 covering a shift but also you're a manager so um yeah. the cool thing is it so it, it's definitely been i feel like we've, we've showed them good uh things but then also working hard you know this is yours you know yeah can be someday for sure yeah, yeah. uh speaking of you talk about your operation in oklahoma is now like your flagship Tell us about your operation in Oklahoma. So Oklahoma, we started, uh, we were traveling up here for quite a while. We have a friend that introduces somebody in Oklahoma. And this person in Oklahoma had already started a business and she's already started with this Medican. And we were going up there just basically to like kind of learn a little bit of the business industry, just kind of learn what's going on. She was kind of just guiding us. Hey, this is what you want to do. We would tell her we want to eventually get in here and, then it got to the point where we were looking for a dispensary out there. So now we were looking and short story, sir, she was like, she gives the opportunity. She goes, Hey, I got a store. I don't get to pay too much attention to it. It's kind of my store that I don't get to see that often because it's far away from her other stores. She goes, you want to purchase it? So we kind of jumped on it. We were so super excited. We were excited. You know, yeah. it's kind of glad we got it more in the country or more away from the mm -hmm. bigger city because I think our dollars, what we have is we can play yes. a little bit harder over here in the city. There's more competition, so you got to have a deeper pockets. It's like, sure. yes. not over there. I'm, I'm more comfortable over here. Um, and we've had operations going there since September of last year. And um, like you said, we, we've, uh, we've been able to, you know, it's so cool to turn it around to where we're 
generating a whole lot more money. And then it's just, it's neat to, um, I think a lot of the customer base and all the patients here in Lone Grove and Ardmore area, they like seeing, you know, who's running the, you know, who's, who's running operations day to day and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. Personability is, means a lot in a retail store. Right. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, I mean, thing is that we didn't want to end up necessarily in Oklahoma. This is yeah. kind of what Texas did to me, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, because first and foremost, I would have been sitting in Texas, Austin, you know, sitting pretty, you know, where I know my place. And here in Oklahoma, I don't know. I'm not from here. I'm not a native. Um, so I got to pick and choose where I can kind of, you know, tread lightly, um, kind of get to know the people because you don't want to come in as, you know, not a native and, you know, so it, it's just definitely, um, but then when the more I tell people about our situation and our story, they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, Texas kind of pushed us out, you yeah. know, but what we want to do yeah. is hopefully we'll come back to, um, uh, to Texas, you know, we'll have experience underneath our belts. So that, that was going to be my next question. So Austinite, so Austinite is our brand. You know, we, we are from Austin. We're born and raised in Austin. So Austinite is who we are. The property we have there is family owned as well. So, you know, we're we're there. We're, our roots are there. Yeah. Um, we started Austinite Cannabis with the name Cannabis because we're in the hope that uh, one day Texas will be on board and we'll have that cannabis name. We're trying to get us to be known there. So when the it's time hard. has, yeah. it's hard, but once it's time to flip the seed, we'll flip the seed and be, you know, have marijuana in our store yeah like like we just said oklahoma is going to be our training camp we're learning we're getting the steps of how to operate a business we're learning the metric system where the and regulations yeah. and, and hopefully it means something you know when when texas is out there passing out the license or saying who's going to get one because now it's like you don't know you know i mean yeah. i hope that you know it's going to be some kind of playing you know where experience comes in to play, you know, I've, I've been, we've been running a, you know, a, a hemp company, you know, legitimate hemp company. Now we're also running a cannabis company. We just purchased another piece of property in Ardmore and that's going to be our big location. We're about to open it. So we're, we're opening our second dispensary here pretty soon. Uh, and, and, and that one, that one we're really excited about because we own, like I said, we own that property. So that's going to be our brick and mortar for our. Yeah. And, and it's right there in Ardmore and it's just, it's, it's definitely, and then also too with uh, Oklahoma, they already have um, recreational on the ballot. I mean, and yeah. the one thing that just it 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 it's so crazy because being in the politics in Texas and then being in the politics over here in Oklahoma, I just can't get over. Everyone's like, oh, you know, Oklahoma's this, Oklahoma's that, and I'm like, you know what, Oklahoma's not. Oklahoma's not. They listen to their politicians. Well, they you know. They don't have a choice but to listen to the people because they can do a damn petition Correct. and do whatever they want as, as it should be. You know, uh, I don't know if you know the history of that, but that was taken away from us in the 70s here in Texas. Uh, you know, I mean, if you know Jax, you probably know the history of it, Jax and Heather, because they talk about it so frequently, uh, you know, how that... The, it was the Texas legislature that took the damn ballot initiative away from Texans. And that to me is wrong. That needs to change as well. 
you know, that needs to go back to the way it was because the power is supposed to be in the people's hands. Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors. Do you have a business or service that you want to advertise on Gramps Place? Message Gramps at GrampsPlace.net and he will show you how you can have your ad in episodes every month for as little as $4.99 per month. Remember, people always go back and listen to the old episodes too. Become a sponsor by messaging GrampsPlace.net and increase your business today. Welcome back to Gramps Place. The podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things cannabis and cannabis law reform, along with anything else that piques public interests. It's crazy because I always ask them like, well, how are y'all going to make sure that that passes? And they're like, if it doesn't, we elected him. And I'm like, okay. And if it doesn't, then he'll be out next office. I'm like, that easy? I'm like... Hold off, Dan. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> that's that's something I've been screaming from the tops, rooftops for years is, you know, people, and, and the problem is, is I've been screaming it loud and clear and nobody's listening because it keeps getting worse. But this partisan BS that goes on mo- mainly in Washington, but it's at the state levels too, uh, just not as bad, you know. But this idea of the voters' minds, we, we've succumbed, in my opinion, as a voting population to the idea that we have to pick a side and that we have to stick with that side tooth and nail regardless. My own father, God love him, he's 85 years old, fixing to be 86, and uh, we had a conversation during the last, last presidential election uh, cycle and we didn't even know who the nominees were going to be yet but uh, as far as the democratic side anyway and and he told me I don't care if I disagree with every damn thing they say if they got an R by their name I'm voting for them I said you're nuts <laughs> I said and if you said a D I'd say the same thing because if you disagree with them, then that you're saying you're going to vote against your own interests. Yeah. It makes no sense. And that's the mentality that the voting population, the majority of the voting population has come to, right? I've got to stick with one or the other. I've never been that way. I vote whoever I think is the right one, the one that most meets my needs. Exactly. The one that most talks sanely, right? You know, and uh, like I say, we, we should vote for ideas, not parties. And we should elect people, not politicians. Once they become, they become politicians, once they get elected, after they've been in there a term or two, then it's time to get them out because now they're corrupt. They need to go. That's yeah. the other problem. We keep electing the same people. I mean, look at Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and all these people up there in Washington, been there. 35, 40, 45 years, go away. Number one, your ideas are old. Times have changed, right? But anyway, we're not going to solve the federal problems for sure. We can't even solve problems here in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, talking about the bills 
in, in Oklahoma. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Uh, the one that I know, and correct me if I'm wrong. There's only one so far that's been cleared for the ballot, right? Um, I think that there was a court. I think that there was three introduced. Yeah, there's three different ballot initiatives that were introduced. I knew that. I thought. I I thought it was two, but. Maybe well, you're right. I, I, I think there was three initially. One kind of got kicked out early. Mm-hmm. Um, and but one has cleared even the the court challenges through the Oklahoma yep. Supreme Court, right? Yes. That one, the way I understand it, is the one that if it passes, it sends it back to the legislature to make the law. I, I could be wrong about that, but that's the way I understand it. Okay. And there's another one that that's, that's still out there, that but I haven't heard, and I, I maybe it has, and I just haven't heard it. That if it were to get, actually get on the ballot and pass, that February first, rec goes in into effect. That's what I understand. Am I wrong well, about it, that? Or it, it, yeah, I think so. It wouldn't be. It's not February. It's September. So it's November. Okay. November's ballot in early is in September. Okay. So, um, but I I thought that two of those were in. I know one kind of pat didn't get there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm supposed to be doing some stuff uh, Wednesday in OKC, so I'll kind of know a little bit more about all that because there's man, there's a lot of moving parts here in Oklahoma. Oh, oh yeah. It's like. I mean, just left and right. But it's also, it's so cool to be a part of it where um, you're starting to, like today, or no, yesterday was our first day going metric. So um, it was a lot of change, a lot of different, um, you you saw a lot of farmers that uh, decided to go ahead and let their licensing go and lapsed and got decided. The metric you're talking about is the the new seed to sale program that went into Correct. effect, right? Yep. For the farmers, it was yesterday, so they had to get everything off their books by yesterday or um, comply. So now it's just like you're gonna want to know your local farmer that you had, you know, in in our dispensary. I want to say, I I we carry 31 flavors. I mean, I'm telling you. Um, we probably have a good six to seven farmers, I would say, that are up there. But that's going to be, you know, slim pickings here in the next couple months. It's just like the farmers that you know you want to, you know, have good relations like we do, and and because sure. uh, it's it's definitely there's not a lot of the there's a lot of people leaving the game, which it kind of had to happen. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the whole idea behind that is to stop the outflow from Oklahoma to other surrounding states, right? Well, that too. It's it's unfair. Uh, it's unfair to a lot of the farmers too, because, for instance, um, I've been we've been there for a minute. And that's what, but marijuana prices have been dramatically so low. It's it's insane. I mean, I've never yeah. seen indoor grown. Indoor grown, really medical grade marijuana. Medicine. Stuff, selling medicine. for five, six hundred dollars a pound. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
Ever down, seen that price. down as low yeah. as like 200 a pound. We just, I just did a deal for some outdoor, but a couple weeks ago, uh, 25 pounds outdoor, we paid $45 a pound outdoor, Jeez. but it's good. I it's couldn't good. believe it, $45. I mean, it's good, but this is the thing. Well, we'll turn that into, outdoor we'll grow, turn that into diamonds. <laughs> Um, but that, all, that, all go, that went to the process. That went to the process. Well, that'll be all process. But we have another 50 pounds um, that were, it's, uh, we, we got a frozen we'll kill do. cure, but that's sitting there waiting that we, $45 a pound as well. And then I think we have like 10 pounds. And these are farmers that are cutting, hey, I'm cutting it quick. That's I need it. A, Flash sale, and then, get then, out. And then so also, like I said, there's so many licenses, so farmers are competing with each other. The prices, when we first got into it, I was paying Fourteen, sixteen hundred a pound. Top notch, sixteen. And that was September twenty twenty one. Well, right now, like I said, I'm, I'm getting pounds for six hundred. Uh, I had a guy I'm talking to that I got to go look at. Indoor grown, three hundred a pound. He wants me to buy all seven pounds he's got left. Get it off his hands. Yeah. Everybody's just trying. So the to get market out. is crazy. I've never seen. It. I mean. Yeah. I'm for God's sakes. I got weed. I sell an eighth. Uh, uh, they for ten bucks. And we have 12 strands. And we got and like 12 all strands. Indoor. It's all indoor buds, all great. $10 eights. $80 yeah. ounce. That's crazy. I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got a friend who actually has a farm up there. Uh, and, and he was kind of telling me, I was talking to him earlier this week, and he was telling me that it's just, but his, his opinion is this whole metric thing is kind of like you were saying, that's going to bring it all back up because. Yeah. It's good. It, it's good for us. So that's why. Yeah. That's why we have to have friends that are farmers. Exactly. You know, hey, make sure that we've, been, we've been buying, we've been working, we're taking care of you because <laughs> when the goes when the weed goes down, we want to make sure we're still plugged in and still getting our crop that we need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he luckily is has been in a position where he was like, hey, look, you know, you're selling yours for that. That's fine. I'm not selling mine for that. Okay, oh, so, so we know people like that as well. So I got a I got a really good friend of mine. He's uh, kind of like a partner. He's got a really good uh, job. He's also a farmer, he has cattle, and then he grows marijuana, you know. For him, it's, he's like, fuck this, I ain't giving my shit away. I'll, I'll wrap it up and set. Yeah. He goes, before I give it away for 500 bucks, I'll burn that shit in the barrel. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'll wrap it up. <laughs> he has a legitimate job, you know. Sure. Now, there's some farmers that put everything they had into plan. it, and it's like, now they're hurting. Mm-hmm. There's so much competition. They're like, I have to sell this to make some yeah. money back. I don't know what's You don't doing. know how many people decided to decide to even even with the hemp you know everyone's like you know i want to be a grower and and grow all this hemp but then they'd grow everything and be like oh we didn't figure out what we're going to actually do with it i mean so yeah. many people were like okay you know this 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 person's desperate you know and it uh one of the managers calls like hey you know th- we really want you to talk to this farmer they seem really desperate but the thing is that it's just that they're trying to get rid of product but they didn't think of where to actually sell it, you know, licensing. too many licensing. They didn't think of the avenue of that. So, yeah. So, uh, Medican, is that the name of the, the dispensaries? Yeah. Uh, Medican. Okay. Medican. And okay. All right. And Ardmore is actually our big location is going to be named Austinite cannabis. Is so, it? Uh- I was going to ask if you were ever going to blend the names. <laughs> yeah, and the cool thing is when we came up here, we're, we're I wouldn't say the first 24-hour store, but 
um, in in Lone Grove where uh, Medicans already right now, it's the what is it 20 27 mile radius is the next door that'd be open so we have um you know 24 hour operations there yeah that's one of the first things we we uh, decided to do when we took over the stores we're gonna make it 24 hours ain't nobody around here well and, and nobody had it and we have people that uh work at the um michelin or valero that that are just you know they get off on all hours of the night you know so yeah make the plant available and, and it's and been available and you know we work, we work some weekends there we're like there ourselves and people come in like on a sunday like, oh hey, sunday I, i'm so glad you're open then because you know, no before one else church or there. after like, church hey, praise it and blaze it i mean come on <laughs> in we're here for you <laughs> there you go like the old saying the early bird catches the worm <laughs> the yeah. guy who's open gets the sale <laughs> so uh are your plans to continue to expand in oklahoma as well or we are planning to do that we want to our third location we want to get closer to the border we are banking maybe uh that medical or recreational will get a lot of that crossover texas Marriott. crossover you know so the closer down, the down around thackerville way yeah. <laughs> actually it was marietta that we're looking at um so okay. it's definitely so everything's got to be kind of set in stone by june 30th June 30th, they're, they're capping the licensing for two and a half years here. So. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. That's what we've heard. So, so yeah, no, no, that's not happening. It's going to let people play by uh -huh. the rules. If you can't keep up, then I guess you got to terminate your license or give it up. And then once they balances out everything they're trying to balance out, they'll issue some more licenses. And yeah. you've heard about all the, um, the illegal grows. Oh, yeah. Been, oh, yeah. Really, right before, I mean, I, I, they, they're doing an amazing job right before we did metric. I mean, they hit it hard. I mean, the last three yeah. months, I mean, hit it hard where they were hitting places left and right every other day, letting people in the state know that, Hey, if you were, if you were doing it in the black market, go ahead and find your way left because you're not going to be able to do it here anymore. So yeah. it's, been um we, we hear about places getting hit all the time you know um a lot of different you know uh black market um asian grows that are going down but it's definitely like well we'll be able to you know play longer well, and do they, need get, they need to get rid of it i mean it's missing everything sure. well that's what you know a lot of people say I, I, well a lot of people think that everything's still coming in black market wise from mexico <laughs> and I'm sorry, anything you see cannabis related that gets caught coming in from Mexico is a decoy for whatever else they want to bring in from Mexico. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real about it, folks, because they don't need to bring in cannabis from Mexico anymore for the very reason you just said, because there's so many legal states in the United States that are prime real estate for growing cannabis. That they can get away with growing it illegally in a legal state for a good long while before they get caught and then they have to move their operation and then they ain't got to spend the money to get it across the border i mean yeah. the idea I, you know she even in the 80s when i was a kid uh majority of the cannabis that was sold in the united states was grown in the united states 
I'm sorry. It's always been that way. <laughs> I don't know. I saw a lot of, you know, me growing up, I saw a lot of cannabis come from, well, marijuana come from Mexico. Well, yeah. Um, and and, and uh, so I, I would say if you're in the border towns, you probably got a lot of it from Mexico because I, I would see bundles of that stuff come across. Uh, I've seen more of it in the 90s, in, yeah. in the 90s, you know, in early 2000s than, than I did in the 80s. You know, 70s and 80s, it was it was all good bud coming out of Oklahoma and Arkansas around North Texas anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a 250 bricks back then. <laughs> was a brick too man <laughs> yeah i don't miss the brick weed i promise no. you <laughs> i don't think anybody does no. <laughs> you know but you don't even see that on the street anymore no no it's crazy you know it's, it, 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 if i ever do see it, i think i'd buy a little sack better find somebody back. i want to try to smoke it again just for the hell of it <laughs> so, just to go oh yeah i remember them days gonna, gonna squirt it all out you know yeah, it was a brick, and it was seeds, stems, and everything. <laughs> At any rate, we kind of got off on a different whim there. <laughs> uh, so what are your plans? Uh, obviously, you're going to continue to advocate in Texas, right? Yes, I think that that's going to be a big, um, you know, that's going to be a big next chapter for us. But yeah. I, I think that we're just... We're right there, uh, like I said, we're downtown Austin, and it, it, it's it's just in our blood to do it, you know. I mean, just especially right there, and it made it, you know, it just makes it so much e more easier too to get back and forth to the Capitol when they try to, you know, get you mixed up in different hallways and all that. And I'm like, not today, not today. <laughs> I'll find my way back. Yeah, so, you get lost in there in, in a hurry. So. Uh... I guess the, the next question I have, because obviously your your goal is to come back to Texas, obviously, from everything you've said. My next question would be, what can you suggest to other advocates here in Texas that they could do better in terms of pushing this subject forward with the Texas legislature and their representatives? I would say um, talk about it. It's a huge deal. Talk about it. Bring yeah. it up. Bring it up to where it's in, in comfortable positions. Bring it up yeah. to where you're talking about it in a room full of teachers. You know, um, I have a really good friend of mine um, who's a cannabis nurse. And that I always ask her, you know, what, what's our next step? You know, I'm always like, you know, where, where do we go from here, friend? Um, but talking about it, making it... Um, making it a casual uh, name, things that we, um, and just like what we're doing right now, being on a podcast. I mean, I'm going to share this. I mean, so just being, being a voice and talking about it, um, pretty much what I can I, think. I, I look at it like this, right? I think of it like this, and we talked about this the other day, we're, uh, not too long ago. It's like, uh, and you, you knew yourself probably, you know, from the older era, era where, like my older two kids, they really never saw me handle marijuana you know they, they probably smelt me when i come in from the backyard <laughs> that smells sure. funny but they never really saw it or saw me but my but my 16 year old you know she she's been around the hemp more she's it's it's a new era you know people talk about cannabis now it's states are being more legal everywhere so she it's was not more, as taboo yeah. yeah yeah she's more hip to it so she's been around where she's seen us handle the marijuana you know she's seen 
dad smoke a cigarette in the backyard. You know, I don't have to hide or it. Even from farmers. Or, even far, or we even took her to the farms. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the farms and we'll take photos of her. In and the grow rooms, like, you know? in, in the grow rooms, they'll be like, oh, don't post that. And I'm like, well, I mean, she's my kid. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know. And, and so we're more, so I, I see it now. The generation is changing. It's, it's a lot different, you know. Being so, open about being it. Being more open about it. And, and like she said, talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. I go, wherever I go, if I go with friends and groups and uh, gyms, wherever I'm at, they see me come in. They know I'm in the business, so they want to sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. They want to ask questions. They want to know about it. They, yeah. you know, they want to. They're intrigued by it, you know. And it's and especially, you know, people that, uh, you know, I have cousins that were, you know, uh, big. You know, they didn't. They carry a gun, so they're like, you know, I, I, in case something happens, I don't ever want to test dirty for uh, a drug test, right? But the more I talk to them about it, they're all on our isolate CBD. <laughs> they just, I mean, they they want to. To, to dab on it. They just want to figure out a way. They want to know more information about it. So yeah, yeah. talking about it is the biggest, big, how, step. big, big step, step that big we step can ever. do. And I feel like we can, we can talk about it a little bit more freely, you know, yeah. uh, uh, what I tell people all the time, come out of the closet, come out yeah. of the closet. And also just getting involved with, you know, any kind of Texas normal Texas marijuana policy with Heather, Heather Fazio, um, you know, anything with, um, you know, Jack's Texas normal, um, they'll, they'll definitely steer you in the right direction. Sure. So. Yeah. That's a couple of a great warriors right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us where, uh, our listeners can find Austinite cannabis and Medican if they're listening from Oklahoma. Um, they can find us, um, on Instagram, um, also, austinitecannabis.co is the website, um, and then they can find us on Instagram, medican underscore. I gotta look at it. Underscore medican underscore okay underscore, and then austinite. We've been shut down a couple times <laughs> before there. Austinite, uh, austinite cannabis underscore uh, co. So okay. you can find us and. And also to um, follow us on Instagram, we do uh, comedy shows too. We've taken a big, uh, uh, we do comedy shows there in Austin. And those have been a hit. Yeah, it's been a real good. And um, mixing comedy with uh, cannabis. Cannabis, it's a, it's a hit, man. You know, yep. we okay. want to come laughs and relaxation at the same time. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we've yeah. had Austin from Texas Cannabis Collective. Uh, and he did an amazing job. You wouldn't think that the Canafam Austin <laughs> is, uh, but yes, he he's, is he's good. hilarious. He's good. He's good. Yeah. So. Austin's great. Uh, uh, he's one of the first ones I met with DFW Normal uh, when I started out with, with advocating with, with Normal. And uh, we've kind of been pretty tight ever since, you know. Uh, He's he's good people. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But uh, at any rate, I want to thank you all for for joining me here tonight and telling us yeah. about your your company in Austin and what you're doing up in Oklahoma. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's been a good conversation. All right. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Chris. Have Take care. All right, you too. Grand place podcast where I bring you the doctors, scientists, patients, politicians, and ordinary everyday people to talk about anything and everything. 
with facts and first-hand reports so you can make your own decisions on important issues. Cannabis law reform, politics, criminal justice, government, and economics are just a few. As always, I thank you for listening and for your generous support.